Welcome to the family with L.A. Nick, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brandt-Bernard. We'll kick it off. Christian Barth, our special guest coming up, the Garden State Parkway murders, a cold case mystery. Christian with us right after this with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Oh, Alex is all whipped up because it's Earth Day. Yeah, it's She's Earth been Day. posting up a storm. Has she? Indeed. Uh, is Christian Barth ready to go? Yep. Christian Barth, ladies and gentlemen, the book, The Garden State Parkway Murders a Cold Case Mystery. Christian, how are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Oh, it's great having you on, as a matter of fact. And, and every, does everybody in the world, when they hear The Garden State Parkway Murders, go, oh, I remember that? <laughs> I get, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, since the book has been published in January, I've gotten a lot of uh, Facebook group sort of messages saying, I remember that, I remember that. Yeah. They, they really, really do. It's one of those cases which is, has stuck with people of a certain generation. I, I said it as soon as I heard it. Yeah, he First did. thing I said, I remember that. Mm-hmm. That was, what, 1970, wasn't it, though? 19, May, uh, 20, May 30th, 1969, uh, when it happened. Susan Davis and Elizabeth Perry were college friends uh, from Monticello College in Illinois, a two-year girls' school that is no longer in existence. Uh, they took a trip to the Jersey Shore um, to spend three days at a town called Ocean City mm-hmm. uh, along the beach, and they stayed there. Actually, Susan was from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and... Elizabeth Perry was from up in your neck of the woods, in from Excelsior, Minnesota, yeah. uh, a real affluent town, I guess, from the shores of Lake Minnetonka. Um, so they drove down there, and they stayed at a boarding house on 9th Street, um, and they left three days later on, I think it was a Friday, May 30th, 1969, which back then, I guess, Memorial Day was on a Friday. Um, it didn't become a Monday officially until a couple years later. Really? They were there. They left 4.30 early in the morning in Susan's uh, light blue Chevrolet convertible Impala, drove off about a mile away over the bridge to a town called Summers Point, a raucous sort of college town as opposed to Ocean City, which is dry and still is to this day. Um, they went and ate the diner, the Summers Point diner. Um, were last seen leaving the diner at about 6.30, 6.15 thereabouts, left. Uh, it was daylight because the sunrise was at 5.30 that morning. They left Susan's car, went around the circle, and um, you know, their car was found two miles away by a detective with the, not a detective, I'm sorry, a trooper with the New Jersey State Police. It was parked in the road and just abandoned seemingly, and the car was towed, and a search began a couple days later, and sadly the bodies of both girls were found stabbed to death. Um, about 200 feet in from where their car was, and, and the trooper never saw it. Christian, how long did it take you to research all, all of this for the book? Uh, years. About nine, nine, about nine years, I think I, I, I narrowed it down to. And what made you start doing that? 
Uh, it's strange. It was. It was. It began as a childhood memory. Uh, uh-huh. When I was at the twelve or thirteen, it, you know, we as a boy we used to go down to the Jersey Shore, a town called mm-hmm. Stone Harbor, and on the way back from there. To get there, you'd always go uh, via the Garden State Parkway. And I remember on one of those trips, my mother leaning into my father and saying, you know, they never found out who killed those girls, did they? I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, so there were no woods. Um, And I remember being fascinated by that connection to this rural side of the road in New Jersey and these murders. And it wasn't until about the early 1990s when there was an article that had been written in Philadelphia Inquirer indicating by a guy named... Um, the writer was Larry Lewis, and he wrote an article saying that Richard Larson, author of The Deliberate Stranger, uh, one of the two seminal books about Ted Bundy, um, said that Bundy, he concluded that Bundy had murdered these two girls. Really? Yeah. So we have, we have kind of the same story. I lived in Philadelphia, and I had my, my family had a house in Wildwood, New Jersey, and I was a kid at the same time. I remember my parents talking about the two girls. So it's oh, okay. very close to the same. Uh, so that's that, That's how it first started. It went from there. I, I uh, wrote a book called The Origins of Infamy, uh, published in 2009, which is a fictionalization of the case told entirely from Bundy's viewpoint. And I decided that around 2010 I had all this research that I had done. Uh, I might also make a book of it, and that's when I began the nonfiction project that began became, excuse me, the Garden State Parkway murders. Was there any other um, murders that didn't relate to Bundy, I mean, that were like these? Was there another possibility of another serial killer? Well, it's interesting. Uh, In Wildwood, a year later in 1970, a woman named Carol Hill was found underneath the boardwalk um, at an amusement pier, and she had been murdered, um, strangled to death with an electrical wire and sand stuffed in her mouth. And one of the holdbacks that I found about that case was that a bow had been tied around her private area, um, with Susan and Elizabeth's, the holdback, which is also known as a control, it's what the state police don't tell um, the uh, reporters and so forth in an effort to sort of dissuade um, the mentally unbalanced confession makers and so forth. Oh, okay. forth. Yeah, they found that the girl, one of the girls had a, her own bra tied into her hair. So when you see those things, you, you see 1970 and 1969, shore towns, you, you tend to think there may have been a serial killer involved, um, but I was never, at least until now, able to definitively um, conclude that there was one. I've certainly put forth all the evidence that it could be, and certainly yeah, when you have these things like a bra tied into someone's hair, something that's not necessary for the murder itself, uh, serial killers will often use that um, as a signature um, to let everyone know that, it, that it's theirs. Um, so that would suggest that it was a serial killer, but there's a lot of other parts about the case that would suggest it's not, namely that it was done at, you know, in, in somewhat daylight, 6.15 in the morning, uh, near a busy highway and, and so close to the highway. Yeah, that's like pretty crazy and that both, they could get them both out of a car and, and stab them to death. They're both, to this day, pretty safe places. I mean, Wildwood's one of the safest places I've ever been. You yeah. can still let a little kid go at, at 10 in the morning say, meet us back here at 6 at night, and that kid's pretty good on the boardwalk and the amusement parks. Well, what was, was interesting is that, you know, that, that whole era of the late 60s, early 70s, I think 1974 was, was considered the seminal year for serial murderers. They were really able to because you had the, you were just in the aftermath of, of the free love movement, um, which, you know, depending on, it was 1967, but by 1969, after the Manson murders, people began to understand the dangerousness of the time period as well, and that's when the anti-hitchhiking movement started as oh, well. Yeah. But people people were still doing it, um, but you had a lot of, uh, you know, people, you had Vietnam vets coming back, you had a lot of drug influences, you had a lot of hippies, but then you had a lot of straight people as well. And with the, combine that with the welcoming atmosphere of society at that time, a lot of these guys like Bundy were able to sort of infiltrate all strata of society, making it easier for them to get away with stuff. And of course, we didn't have the cell phone technology, the cameras at every restaurant like we do today. Yeah. 
No, that's very true. Uh, nine years on the job, Christian, uh, you obviously had to study people like Ted Bundy and Gerald Eugene Stano, yeah. whose name was also mentioned. Yeah. Is that, uh, that's got to be it. That, that's got to be a job that wears on you, reading about why a person would do this in the first place. What was their motivation? I mean, you had to study all that. So did, it, did that take a toll on you over the, over the nine years? No, it didn't take a toll. Uh, obviously, I you know, work uh, on the side <laughs> as right. an attorney, so it, did, it didn't take its toll. I, it, the thing that made it go so long, every time I was about to wrap it up, I'd found out another fascinating development. Like, for example, when the first uh, five days into the case, the police were everywhere interviewing everybody in Summers Point, Ocean City, where the girls had stayed, and five days into it, they got a tip from the Philadelphia Police Department that, the, that they had overheard a kid talking or someone had called to say they'd overheard a kid talking that um, they'd been down there and he knew who murdered the girls and they picked the guy up and questioned him and he gave what they characterized as fuzzy answers to a lie detector test. Mm. So the New Jersey State Police were called in. They're the ones who had jurisdiction and they really grilled the guy all night and never could get a confession out of him and he was ultimately free to leave. Um, they called him an 18-year-old hippie type in the papers at the time, but they didn't mention his name. Through happenstance, I learned who his name was. It was a guy named Mark Thomas, and Mark had a really interesting life. After the, he was released, I should say released because he was never arrested, um, he was always a person of interest. He went to Vietnam, not Vietnam, I'm sorry, he went to boot camp in, in North Carolina and Fort Bragg, um, and they went AWOL, came back to the States, and he began to be very involved in the white supremacist movement. Mm. Um, he founded a, uh, not founded, but he stayed at a, at a house, a farmhouse in eastern Pennsylvania, and began to attract national attention when he'd had these white supremacist parties. He then, uh, more and more of a national name for himself, he was head of the Pennsylvania Klan and the national chaplain of the Ku Klux Klan, and he formed, uh, or was at least associated with a group of bank robbers, in the Midwest who would call themselves the Aryan Republican Army. They robbed a bunch of banks and then funneled the proceeds back to Mark, and ultimately Mark went to jail for eight years on a bank robbery, um, I guess, plea, along with these other guys and the police in Philadelphia raided his house. So he had this going on, and it fascinated me while I'm researching this guy that no one drew the connection to Madden as an alleged uh, connection to the Parkway murders. All these press conferences he had. One of the girls, I guess Gabby Carteris, who's now head of SAG, uh, interviewed him in 1993. Uh, and she actually, for some documentary, she, she had guns drawn on her by a lot of these guys and said, you know, you're a Jew, I could kill you right now, turn you into a pile of ashes. And it amazed me that he would willingly thrust himself in this, this limelight when he had this other thing in the shadows in his past. You know, you gave my wife a nice laugh because my first two <laughs> names are Thomas Mark. And when the, back in the old days when I used to fill in on other radio stations, I would use the name Mark Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I guess I should have paid closer attention, Kristen. Yeah. Um, do you have an understanding or is there an understanding of what drives people like Gerald and Ted and Mark? And Is, is there one common thing? Is it, a, is it mom and dad were mean to me? I mean, what is it any of that? It's not. I, I was well, one of the things that, that fascinated me about a lot of these recent serial killer documentaries with Ted Bundy is one of the you know, everyone always loves to say all the alleged experts that he was abused as a child, and they said, well, he was either abused or he's witness to a lot of the abuse at the hands of his grandfather Samuel Cowell. Um, I researched Samuel Cowell up and down, and Dr. Dorothy Lewis. Um, was a psychiatrist who made a series of remarks that were republished in um, Ann Rule's book, The Stranger Beside Me, and Dorothy Lewis said that she'd interviewed a couple of Ted's aunts who said that, um, you know, Samuel Cowell used to swing cats by the tails, he was an alcoholic, throw people down the stairs, and I found an entirely different narrative of him, that he was a teetotaler, um, uh, really? was a church deacon, and, and all these things, and, and absolutely, I, I interviewed two of Ted Bundy's um, relatives, both who um, vouched for him and said everything that was written about him thus far has been untrue. So uh, oh. I don't think that there is, you know, I think it's a bad gene uh, is ultimately what it comes down to. Really? Now, in the case of Gerald Stano, 
Gerald was, and this go, I have to backtrack a little bit because it goes to sort of the six degrees of serial killers and, and the Garden State Parkway murders. Gerald lived one mile from Mark Thomas in 1969, and according oh, to two police detectives from Pennsylvania I spoke with, they knew each other. And not only that, but Gerald Stano's younger brother, Roger, was in fact a person of interest in the murders and was friends with Mark Thomas down there at the time. Gerald, of course, uh, murdered 33 women in Florida and lived for a time next to none other than serial killer Ted Bundy, uh, who again... pretty strange. So weird. Yeah. So um, I guess, I mean, so in the case of Gerald, I would think, yeah, there was, he was abused as a child, terribly abused. In fact, he was adopted and they warned him, um, the, the adoption agency of the parents, don't, don't, you really don't want to have this kid. He's got too bad of a past, but they wound up doing it. And it really did backfire on him because he was a juvenile delinquent as well as his younger brother who's, who's since passed on. What a story. Unbelievable. The Garden State Parkway Murders, a Cold Case Mystery. Christian Barth, it's B-A-R-T-H. Christian, great guest. We appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Not a problem. I appreciate you having me. I uh, hope we talk again soon. Love, okay. love the story. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Right, bye-bye. Christian Barth, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that amazing? So they live next door to us. Hey, That's I, pretty weird. I'd like to That's buy a house so next to us. And, and then live next door in Florida. They were childhood friends, mm-hmm. and then the other two lived. That's pretty yeah. weird. Is, Bu- is Bundy still alive? No, no they executed him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's how you get theories like the whole MK Ultra thing. I think just what's some people that? are wackos. Well, yeah, <laughs> There's no definitely. rhyme or reason what's to M- it. What's MK Ultra? Uh, it's a theory that the CIA create the, the serial killers using like LSD and uh, oh, yeah. mind control tactics to oh. see if they could create people who like you know. You make them hear a certain tone, and then they just go nuts well, I think and kill they, a bunch they of people. They probably did experiment with that in military form. Well, that's I mean, the idea. Yeah, they used they used crystal methamphetamine in the yep. military all the time. Oh, Hitler's and, army was always high on meth. They were, well, yeah. well, ours was too. The, anybody that fought in World War II that flew a long distance did nothing. That's the, the airmen you always no were on you, yeah, really? amphetamines. You had to stay awake for twenty hours yeah. and fly an airplane across yeah, there was the ocean. No, there was no <laughs> autopilot back then, so you I know mean, you let your plane tip just a little bit too much, and, and you're you know, dead. So. If you do meth, it, it enhances all your senses: your eyesight, your hearing. Your hearing, your hearing. Well, so all everything is enhanced. Even your, even your, all the colors are. You can see better. It's just, it's a perfect That's, drug for that. As long as you don't abuse it. As long but as everyone always does. As long yeah. as you don't That's abuse a secret. It. Yeah. We. Oh my God. We got to take a break. Be, be right back with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, perfect? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. A little Aretha Franklin. Uh-huh. Love Aretha. Yes. Best yeah, voice she was ever. One of a kind. 
Probably the greatest singer ever born. Probably. Doubt it. I mean, yep. at least pop singer. Yes. No doubt. Uh, I'm going to read you a headline, and you tell me what this story is about. Okay? In abrupt tweet, Trump writes of shooting down Iranian boats. What happened? Uh, well, I'm guessing I, someone else shot down the Iranian boats, and he commented on it? No, I know some Iranian boats were were cruising around one of our mm-hmm. aircraft carriers and got too close. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be a couple hundred yards away, and they got in right. too right. close. But that's all I know. So, what do you think happened? Did we shoot down those Iranian boats? No, we haven't shot down anything. I think the captain said, "Hey, Trump, you want to go out for dinner?" And Trump shot him down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably it. Uh, no, they did not shoot down anybody. He just said, "You have every right to shoot them down." Uh, so that headline is completely misleading. What a shot! They all are. Every yes. headline is misleading. Why do they do yep. that? Because they want people shock and all and sensationalize every story. When you read a story, nothing happens. It's every story. That's true. The, the, in this state, Minnesota is one of the worst states for it. It's terrible. Every headline I read on Star Tribune or any of those, you, you think it happened, then you read it, and it's the opposite. Nothing happened. And nothing happened. <laughs> like this story, nothing they, they're happened. They're nothing stories. Yep. They're nothing stories that they have to make a story out of. Uh, and by the way, well, it's because bucks. nobody reads anything except for the headline and the first four no. lines. No they don't, one the, does. the real story is way, like at the bottom and there, nobody uh, even goes there half go on, on, there isn't even a story if you go on t- twitter or reddit or whatever all of those places it's just the headline they read the headline and they go to the comments reacting. and yeah. then they make outrage comments it should yeah. be illegal it really should i agree it should be well here's an example so that headline is in bold dark uh, it's in black type mm-hmm. very bold in an abrupt tweet trump writes of shooting down iranian boats the next line is in a light gray, small type, <laughs> not capitalized. Of course. And it says, but a tweet won't change the rules of engagement. Mm. Why do you have to lie to get people to read your story? Because he, it's lazy. They're lazy people. Well, I think they also sensationalize. They're trying to make it look, because most people, as Nick just said, are only going to look at that headline and go, oh, God, we shot down a yep. bunch of Iranian boats, huh? There's That's a, what they're going to think. Listen, there's a hidden agenda to everything. No, no, no. Everything. Everything. Mm. Hidden agenda. Everything is marketing. On both sides. Absolutely everything both is sides. marketing. Both sides. No, you're right. It is both, both sides. Both sides. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, agenda. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, that's why uh, Nancy Pelosi wanted to include 16-year-olds and up in her in the next stimulus package because she wants to capture them yep. as voters for the rest of their lives. She, she wants to lower cap- the voting age to 16. She yeah, does. because she wants to... ridiculous. She, and, and they're, they're, they're easy they're, to brainwash. And, and they're completely transparent about it. They want to capture the voters. Yep. And the way to capture voters to pay them. Mm-hmm. Uh, In all honesty, nobody, all under, say is, uh, nobody under 28 should be allowed to vote. Your 28? Brain's not, your brain's, brain's not fully formed until hey, no, you're you 28. Can't, you, can't, you can't rent a car until you're 25. Exactly. Yeah. Anywhere. I Anywhere. know, but if you're... if, if if you can be called up for service, I think you should be able that to That is the, that is the problem. But you right can't anymore. I mean, you can volunteer, well, ended, but you can't be if drafted. We ended up, if we ended up with a draft, you yes, 18-year-olds can be drafted. Well, they want are, younger people because, once again, you can get them to do things. There's well, a reason you have to be a certain body. age to rent a car. There's a reason you have to be a certain age to become a president in the mm-hmm. United States. There's a reason for that. Yes, absolutely. I agree. But, it, like I said pretty hard to say you can't vote is there, you can go to is there an age limit on being a governor senator yeah that i don't know the senators there is pretty high yeah oh. what 35 probably uh let's see it's not that high i don't think it's president's 35 right senator is yeah. 30. 30 senator's 30 president house 35. of representatives is 25 see that's too young that's way too, too young, young. Yeah. Well, that's big that's why the house is no, so horrible got no skin in the game no in 35 states the minimum age for a governor is 30. Uh, Oklahoma is the only one older, which is 31 for some reason. 31. We need that extra <laughs> they year. They had somebody they didn't like that was 30. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> yeah, and they exactly. changed it real no, fast. No, they were going to change that law. <laughs> There's only five states where you can be an 18-year-old governor. 18? Yeah. What states are those? Oh, I'm God. trying to find New out. New Hampshire. They got a, didn't they have a guinea pig or something? <laughs> a mayor? Because that would be uh, pretty <laughs> horrible. No, but Alaska did have a mayor that was a cat. A cat, yeah. I, I met the cats. Me and Nancy met that cat. Well, you met the cat? <laughs> yeah, he is dead now. Oh. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Did he kill himself? Nancy would instantly know his name, and he was really nice. <laughs> he was. We were sitting on a porch. Good policy uh, We were sitting on the porch of the country store at, like, dawn, and here he came. 
jumped up on Nancy's lap. And she That's started petting him, and he was the mayor. <laughs> there He's we go. famous. You can Google him. Let's see. Ohio, Rhode Island, Wisconsin, California, and Washington are all 18 across the board. I was new. Not Washington even, would be one of them. Not even old enough to drink. I know. <laughs> no, you're not even I mean, old you enough can to drink. Be the... The weird, Mississippi, you can be a 20-year-old governor, but to be the secretary of state, you have to be 25. Or the treasurer. Really? Just very So in other strange. words, somebody wanted their kid to be yeah. the next politician. Stubbs. That's his name. Stubbs the cat? Stubbs. Yeah, he was the mayor. That's a famous artist, mm. Stubbs. I would trust, I'm literally sitting in my own head right now thinking about me being a governor at 25. I know. Can you imagine that problem that would have been happening in oh the state of Minnesota if I were governor? This, this oh. cat was actually legally the mayor. Legally, yeah, well, he was legally actually the mayor, the yep. mayor man, from that. July 1997 till 2017. Maybe that's what we need to he do: was is the running mayor, have a cat for president until they can come up with some good candidates. Well, to be fair, Talkeetna, Alaska, has a population of 875. But it, it's, so. but it, you know what though? It's a big tourist town. We went there. It was one of the most crowded towns that we went to. Yeah. Was, they had they have a lot of festivals there. And it's a real hippie town. Oh. You know what I think would be great? What? If a cat is mayor, then a reporter comes in and the cat meows. The reporter calls the cat a racist because he's speaking Vietnamese. <laughs> I think it'd be phenomenal. Are you are you making fun of the Vietnamese uh, language? But it was cool that we actually met. We nobody was around and we actually met Stubbs. Came yeah, out. You met Stubbs the cat. When we first got there, we asked where he was and during the day and the. The people said that he had gotten t- attacked by a dog, and he's been hiding. That nobody has seen him in a couple of days. Cowardly and then, mayor. And then there we were, and he came out. Yeah, 30, 40 tourists a day wanted to meet Stubbs, apparently. Oh, he's, it's, it's very popular cat. Stubbs probably killed himself. He couldn't take it. Anyway. No, I think he, he, lived, he, lived, <laughs> yeah, he lived a very long life. He was 20. Yeah. Whoa. 20. That's old yeah. for a cat, yeah. Yeah. He was pretty old, so hey. And he was pretty rough looking when we met him. So they do that stuff. They do that stuff for tourism. Yes, but he was, legal, he was legally the mayor. I though. know, but they do that stuff for tourism. Yeah, here we go. Twenty thirteen is when he was attacked by a dog. Yeah, it's when we, punctured lung, fractured sternum, Ooh, and a deep cut on his man. side. Bad yeah. puppy. Yeah, and he hid, disappeared well, for I'm days. I'm sure he did. He was. Yeah, he probably he had major surgery. He came out for us. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It was the first time that anybody seen him. He wanted you to pay for his bills. <laughs> I got to tell you up front, Man, Andy. You were talking about misleading headlines. God. Apparently, Stubbs fell into a deep fryer once. What? But it was off. Well, for God's <laughs> sake. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. <laughs> fell in a deep fryer. Of course, it was off. Yeah. When you, hear, when you hear cat falls into deep fryer, you're thinking something yeah, very, very, very different. Bad. Oh, but, the media is horrible. Yep. They're horrible. All right, Andy, I want you to tell the whole world that's listening what geniuses your mom and dad are. Just say, well, I If only he believed it. What geniuses <laughs> that you are. You know why we're geniuses? No. Because we booked an entire family vacation in March of 2021 to Disney yeah. World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not going to open until 2021. Really? Oh, God. That's going to be so horrible. Oh, you know how much less we paid for that than we would in next year? I, I, oh. I just bought tickets to Italy for September. Yeah? I'll leave on the 4th. I'm supposed to go see my dad in middle of May, and they keep on changing canceling flights and now they've mm-hmm. got a my flight ain't gonna get canceled no i fly into milan take the train to pedro oh milan's nice uh pedro's nicer on the milan's beach. where the hot spot is. Yeah. Yeah. i talked to my friends last night i talked to my friends last night and they said milan's very bad it's yes. very bad a lot and the people we know somebody i know somebody who's died there I got his picture last night. They sent me his picture. He fell into a deep fryer, which was off. Perfect, yeah, which was perfect off. health. He was 60, 62. He was in perfect health? Yeah, yeah. No underlying condition. Well, then what did he die of? He died of Corona. Oh. Yeah. Who did? A friend of mine in Italy. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I still have only known one person that's had it, and he was on in ICU, but he's good. He's fine now. <laughs> he's a guy from Boston, L.A. From Boston. Yep, he is from Boston, Massachusetts. Terry. I just call him Terry How the old Irishman. Is he? How old is he? He's my age. So old. Call, yeah, who is that? That's my friend who died. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, of Corona. Died of coronavirus. Massimo. Yeah. Nobody named Massimo should die. There's a lot of Massimos in Italy. No, yes, there are. Yeah. Like a yes, lot of them. A lot. Yeah. Uh, analyst predicts Disney parks won't reopen until 2021. 
So is that going to be like a New Year's Day deal? But, do they're, you think? but they're paying their employees. Yes, they are. Which are is they? unbelievable. I yes, they are. I thought that they just had going to lay to some people apparently. off. I don't know if they can. How you, can they? When anything happens like this, just like when the housing crisis happened, the worst places to get hit the worst are Las Vegas. They get yeah. crushed. I mean, just crushed. crushed. They're Absolutely. just done. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like suicides and drug overdoses. It's going to be so bad there. It already is. People there are already, at the, they live week to week. Yeah. That city goes down the toilet fast. And then next happens is Florida. They're, they're, those two places get hit Any the hardest. Any place where you have tourism. Yeah, yeah. they get yeah, hit the hardest. That's right. Yep, tourism. Tourists and, are yep. filthy. In New York. <laughs> tourists New York, are too. New York has a lot of tourism. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, God, do they I ever. think New York got hit. It's very crowded. People yeah, are on top of each crowded. other. Yes. And a lot of people live in the same dwellings. Yep. Yep. So that's when you live with multiple people. Even even younger people live with five people. Yep. So that's what yep. happens. You know, and a lot of old New Yorkers, they live with their grand, their their parents live with them. And yeah, it's too kids expensive. Live with them. They, yeah, it's they too can't expensive. afford to do it any other way. Yeah. So that's going to be widespread there. Maybe we'll have an exodus out of the cities. Everybody was going into the cities. Now yeah. I think it's going to be a case. I think cities I are in trouble. Too. I think cities are in huge trouble. Well, I think they, they were already in trouble before. It. Well, if the governors and the mayors won't do anything about crime, yeah, it's just a matter of and, time. And, yeah. now, and now you have these companies, even these medium-sized companies, that see they can run their business remotely without mm-hmm. owning an office, a big office space that costs them $70,000 a month rent. Yes. And they might get rid of them. So you might, I think the commercial real estate business is going to get in trouble. You know what I think? I'm very serious about this. Radio stations for the rest of time, starting sometime either this year or next year, will no longer have an office. They might have a small office with engineering and another little small office next to it. Mm-hmm. For that, but sales department doesn't need an office anymore. Nope. No. An- answers don't need it. Announcers don't need an office anymore. You don't really need to be in the same building as the transmitter anymore. Not at well, all. Well, it also, but it depends because, I mean, if you've got young kids at home and you don't have a proper office space, it's pretty hard to get anything accomplished well, if you have a family. Yeah. yeah, I understand. It really that. is. I but mean, that expense isn't something they're not going to pay anymore. I just don't see yeah, it Yeah, I agree. Like Nancy's paper, they're all working from home nationwide. They're in a lot of cities across America, and their their paper still comes out every week. So it's well, it could get to the point where they just have like you know a conference room and meetings, and everybody and just comes in and yeah, it could get. They do yeah. that daily on some app you know, on their computer. Right, yep. they're all sitting in the same room. But it is certainly easier to go to an office and work. On, yeah. you know, good computers so, rather than rather than worrying about some toddler oh, sure. throwing, you know, apple juice. But I think computer. some I think some companies are going to say, "Wow, we can save a lot of money," and I think yeah. they might get rid of their office space. I think there's no question. Radio is going to have to do it. Radio is way too expensive to house, and they don't need to do it any longer. And what about like newspapers and rag magazines? Oh, there, magazines no. in general. Oh, the real estate that newspapers used to own. My God, God yeah. Huge buildings. Remember the Star Tribune building downtown? Yeah. yeah. It's gigantic. Well, there's still that Star Tribune right over by the old podcast yep. studio. That thing's huge. Yeah, that's where they print. Huge. They print for a lot of people, though. Yeah, they do. That's where they make their money. Yeah, printing. Yeah, but look at that acreage. And they live. They have across the street, too. I'm surprised that's still down. I'm surprised Hirschfield Paints Factory's still down. Yeah, it's still down there, yep. Well, that's a lot of real estate. Yeah, but they do a lot of... Manufacturing requires a lot huge. of space. Paint's expensive and paint's necessary. Yeah, they move out of downtown, though. Yeah, um, you would think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go manufacture that. What's there like, to steal? I mean, when <laughs> I first moved here, you had Duffy Paper Factory was still downtown. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. there, was a big, there, was, there was a couple factories still running, and I, I've only been here 10 years. So they all left in the last 10. Well, it's because it's all the taxes. Why manufacture here? And the price of real paying, estate. Too. And the price of real estate. Yeah, yeah, it is the price of real estate as well. But yeah, I mean, if they sold the factory down here, assuming anyone would actually buy it, they could buy like a five times the size factory for the same money just an hour north of the city. Absolutely. Right. So why wouldn't they? It is all true, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. The world's going to change a lot because of COVID-19. Oh, it absolutely is. It is. Whether There's you like it or no not, it's going to change. Well, I certainly hope if we do have another big wave, it's going to crush us all in the mm. fall, that they're going to be better prepared and stockpile their nice. PPE. I think everyone's just going to have to get it well, and get herd immunity because 
It's well, there's a new home test that you can get. It's like 119 bucks, mm-hmm. and you can see if you if you have the antibodies. So if you do, then you're just. I think yeah. I might have already had it, because I was in Italy late, right before this happened. I was in right. Germany and Italy right. mm-hmm. on the show. I was there. Yeah. And I was sick right after that. So maybe I already had it. We got to take a break. Come back with Kostaki Economopolis up next with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. That's why I, I like it there. Tommy and the Pretzel singing a duet. What do you think, Kostaki? Song you could find? <laughs> I tell you, fools rush in whenever Kostaki Economopolis is on the show. <laughs> oh, yes. I see, I see where this is going. <laughs> What's happening, man? How are you guys? You hanging in there? Yeah, yes, we're good. We are. Everything we're, is good, man. I'm getting. I'm happy to hear that. I'm really tired of this whole thing. I, Truth well, be yes. known, it's not affecting my life in any way. Ugh. Zero. <laughs> it's not. My 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 daily routine is exactly the same. Nothing's changed. It's Me too. LA Nick's world, and we I don't all see live anything in it. else. <laughs> Nothing's different. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Zero. I'm enjoying the lack of traffic. Yeah, I'm just. I have too. to say that that is nice. Yeah. There was more traffic this morning. It's at quarter to six. I will tell you, there was more traffic. There's more today. people in the parking lot at the. People here. are getting skeptical about it. I and think just people are starting it. to they sneak are. into work. Yeah. Every, <laughs> everywhere I go by is packed and everything's open. Even even the uh, Michael's craft stores. Oh, I thought they open. were supposed to be Michael's shut. is open? No, I went by. I went to, I went to a Target, and I mean, there was nobody in there. I mean, there was no. no uh, there was Target. maybe five people. Target, your mouse is mobbed every day. Yeah, mine. Mobbed. Ours is too. Mobbed. Huh. Really? Target, Home Depot, Menards, yeah. mobbed. Oh, God, mobbed. Home Depot is like. Mobbed. You would think that everyone in the state is building their own house now. They are. <laughs> they might be. Well, I guess Melissa and I are, so hey. Well, everybody's organizing and remodeling. That's, that's true. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Home. What okay. they should be doing is road construction. Yeah. Well, everybody's not out there. How about them potholes? <laughs> so, Catherine and Andy, do you, th- do you ever think that our family would get together and, you know, Alex wouldn't be here, but it'd be the three of us in the family and then an Italian and a Greek? What the hell? <laughs> We're very diverse. We're just a, this is a diverse show right here. What do you think? Ar- you know, the Italians, Greeks, and Jews, we're all, we're all got something similar going. We're yeah. all kind of in our own little yeah. pocket. An ant giving you a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, a exactly. lot of Italians, a lot of older Italian women, they become what we call Jewish princesses. They they act, they pretend they're Jewish. <laughs> That's I, had, true. I had an aunt that was like that. She pretended she was Jew. So <laughs> it's common. It's common in New York and Philadelphia. If you're, some old Italian women pretend they're Jewish. For what gain? Who knows? Oh, who knows? No idea. Maybe they maybe yeah. they want to maybe they want to meet a rich Jewish man. Ah, it's okay. possible. One of my favorite stories that Andy Kindler tells a story about his mother when he moved from New York to California to get in the in the show business. His mother calls him on the phone and goes, "Andy, you live in California now. How are the fajitas?" <laughs> Do, do, oh, do Greek women? Do some Greek women do that too? That I, for me, it's my answer. Have always been great. It's more of the stereotype. But I did get all of that, like you know, 
ridiculous worry about are you eating enough? Did yeah. you take a sweater? Yeah. <laughs> Did you take a sweater? Everyone should always take a sweater. I got all of that stuff constantly. Yeah, me too. The greatest. As long as you two don't start arguing about who was real, Jupiter or Zeus, then we're good. <laughs> yes, that's very, very good. Who is real? So, Kostaki. They're thieves. What a story about Gronk coming back to the NFL. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Man. What coming? NFL? Are we going to have oh an NFL? Yeah, yeah. Right. Not true. this year. She's oh, right. Yeah. So there's no season at all this year? No. Well, I don't think we there haven't will be. decided yet. It doesn't look good, in my opinion. Wow. No. They keep thinking it's going to be fine, or at least that's their public face. Gronk leaves a pretend sport to return to a sport that's pretending <laughs> they're going to be. <laughs> Uh, unretirement makes me think of Favre. I wonder if Gronk will send a few dick pics just to honor the man who went before him. Oh, <laughs> love it. Most likely. Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine and I went back and forth on Twitter about this. Tom what? Brady was working out in a closed park, and he was asked to leave. This guy even cheats the park system. Uh, <laughs> well, it was interesting because the initial report was that he was cited with a C, and then the the city came out the next day and said he was cited with an F. Yeah, yeah, a little bit oh. different. Oh. Another, right? another, another different. fake headline. Another yeah, fake. fake headline. Yeah, that was that's the headline. Pretty, Tom Brady. That's cited. a pretty significant difference. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it kind of is. Dude, you got to scram versus writing you a ticket. Yeah, that's pretty. You know. And if you're the only single person in the middle of a huge field, why do they care? Yeah. Why do they care? <laughs> why do they care? I don't yeah, know. right. Just right. like they took some guy out in California who was the only person in the whole ocean he was surfing, and they went and got him. I know. And handcuffed him. I, Why? Why do they care? Him. Why do they care? He's the only guy out there. I don't know. Yeah, this should at least be in the uh, don't bother the kids with the weed level of... Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> at least have a rule that you try to keep most people off the beach and not the crowd at the park. But yeah, what are you running around chasing people? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Speaking no. of which, on both levels, there was a huge uh, drug bust yes, uh, two days ago in New York City, of course. You know, they're being hit with COVID really bad, and it was 420, and, you know, everyone got together, and apparently the cops had a pretty good day that day. It's uh, crazy. Everyone was violating the per, the uh, quarantine to go get together and get oh, high. Oh, God. Right, right, yeah. I, yeah, see, this. I mean, you, I think there should be, like, public, there should be strong public statements, encouragement, rules, but running around and arresting people seems <laughs> I wonder what um, all the prostitutes are doing, like in New York City and all that. Is that where your head goes? Is <laughs> no, that right where your mind goes? No, like, do you really wonder about that? Can they collect unemployment? I doubt it. No. In, no, New, York, so. in New York, for sure they can. Well, yeah, New York. <laughs> I can't see them paying a lot of income tax. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sure they know somebody that they could probably blackmail. Probably. They're getting Not something. Not paying into the uh, unemployment system. <laughs> no. Probably By the not. way, this quarantine has made me more Greek. I, too, am in debt need a bailout from a German that I'll never pay back. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Thank you. <laughs> so life's weird. The only NFL draft that starts tomorrow. Uh, wait, what day is it? It's, it's tomorrow. Yes, yep, tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yep. Uh, the only NFL draft, we're all home alone, and the number one pick looks like Macaulay Culkin. How weird is that? <laughs> I know. Jeez. Have you seen this kid? Yes. No, I haven't. It's, it's an adult Macaulay Culkin. Not traditionally a compliment. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if he goes to Cincy, half of his games will be home alone. Am I right? Thank you. No. Thank you very much. Great to be here. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sexy jokes could use a rib shot. All right, here we go. Burrow is a Joe Exotic wet dream. He's young, he's hot, and he's about to become a Bengal. Hey. Huh? <laughs> I bet Joe Exotic bad. loves the Bengals. They're tigers, and they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, is that a little, a little orientation joke? Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little. Uh, the impressive thing about Joe Burrow, he's bilingual. He speaks English and whatever language the LSU coach speaks. <laughs> That's true. Distinct languages. Uh, there was some news this week that Burrow uh, called Peyton Manning and picked his brain about being the number one overall pick. Which I think is cool. That's a great thing to do. But also call Ryan Leaf and listen to those lessons. Oh, well. <laughs> that's the truth. Oh, God, what a disaster. <laughs> and Ryan Leaf, to his credit, has been really weirdly generous and open about yep. his, like, boneheaded mistakes. And he's, 
he's been public speaking about it. And, I mean, he's the, – a couple of things I've seen from him in the last couple of years have been really impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy – talk about rock bottom. He was eventually arrested for running around and busting into people's private homes, stealing oh. their drugs out of their cabinets. And, oh, God. I mean, what a disaster that story was. But he's, you know, he's trying to make good on it, so good for him. Uh, Tua, that's one of the other big buzzworthy things in the draft, right? The quarterback out of Alabama. His first year of varsity in high school, he threw 33 touchdowns and three interceptions. And he credited his father's discipline, saying his dad used a belt after interceptions. (laughs) You know know the old expression, spare the rod, expect the pick six? Thank That's you. a crazy setup in your family dynamic, right? Yeah. Like, you're not trying to throw an interception. That's not plan A. Yeah. Uh, Chase Young, one of the other prof- high-profile players. He's a defensive end from Ohio State. What a great name for a guy going after the quarterback. Chase, right? It's perfect. Yes. Um, Chase Young, also Charlie Sheen's hobby. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> ah, see, Chase, middle name, <laughs> The. Uh, Roger Goodell's going to be announcing the picks from his home. During the draft, it's a shame. Those those 20 or so hugs account for, that's like 95% of his annual hugs. He's not going to get those. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Last week, the Browns released their new uniforms. Wait, the uniforms got released, but the players have to stay? That doesn't seem fair. I like it. The the Browns are ahead of their time. They've been social distancing from the playoffs since 2002. <laughs> God. <laughs> they have. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. I looked it up for the joke. I can't believe it's been 18 years. Jeez. Not one playoff. All you do is win 10 games once, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a tough run. Doesn't seem hard. We could call them non-essential workers at this point. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the new Falcons uniforms, I think, are appropriate. They look good at first, and then they disappoint you. Oh, <laughs> you're never going to get over it, are you? No, I'm never. That gonna. should be a Minnesota joke. Yes, yes. it could be. Yes. Yeah, it could be a joke for ten teams. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. broadly disappointing. No, for every Minnesota team. Yes. <laughs> Definite twins. Well, not since no. Every Minnesota yeah, it's team. It's been a long time. It's only been 30 years. Every year, that's, yeah. every Minnesota says, this is the year. Yeah, we've been it. giving them a pass for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's time to stop doing that. I actually, I, here's, a, here's a segue to a plug. I've been doing a thing on my uh, Facebook fan page called Fantasy Throwback, where I pick a game from the past, and we do a little fantasy draft, and then we watch the highlights of the game. And we just did the Vikings-Saints game, the last Favre game. It's a great game, but it ends in the most heartbreaking fashion for Vikings. Always. Always does. Every time. (laughs) You're totally right. That's Wednesday night, tonight, uh, on my Facebook uh, fan page. Come join us. I picked a a great game for tonight. What's the name of that page? Uh, it's just Kostaki Economopolis, but there's it's not the personal <laughs> good one. one. Good luck anyone spelling that out. Yeah. <laughs> if, you get the, if you get close, Facebook will get you the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, I also, if you don't mind me doing another plug, <clears throat> I'm excited to announce I booked a gig. What? Uh, the, there's a place, there's a thing called Nowhere Comedy Club. It's the world's first virtual comedy club. Okay. And on... Uh, uh, NowhereComedyClub.com, uh, May 7th, Thursday night. I'm doing a live headline set uh, in your living rooms, in my living room. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool. I I did a similar show like this, a short version, once. It's basically a giant Zoom call. Uh, yeah. And it works pretty well. Like, it doesn't sound like it would work. but it, And then I watched a uh, headline set of uh, Josh Wolf last week to kind of get a feel for what mm-hmm. it was like before I said yes. It's great. It's actually, it really works. They actually, they even have a virtual bouncer who will go through and mute people who have too much ambient noise on yeah. their screen. Really? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're also playing music or a kid screaming or something mm-hmm. or you're drunk and yelling at the screen, whatever. They can go through and like mute you temporarily. I'm definitely um, going to zoom in and, and cause a disturbance on your show. Definitely. For sure. I'm still trying to. Fi- I'm still trying to find your Facebook page. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not coming you can't up. Type no. in and it pops up. C O S not K. Yeah, that's right. T A K I. C O S. T A K I. T A K I. E C O N O, and the rest of it should come up. I got it. Mopolis. Yeah. 
there you go. Yeah, so come join us. You got it? What do they do? Do they go out and get a bunch of comedians that usually don't get much of a reaction anyway? Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, just, I just liked your page from my my same page. Yeah, how are, how are you going to oh, know? Okay, you, cool. How are you going to know if you're killing it or bombing? So you can like, you can follow my people, page we, back. You can decide. You, let's say there's on the show that I watched. Uh, it was Josh Wolf had about 150 people, and. I would say about half of them had their uh, had their screen muted, so they were just kind of watching in the dark and enjoying. Right. And then the other half have their sound on, so oh. you can hear them laughing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering actually, about the audience feedback thing. Yeah, you can you can do it either way. The show that I did a couple of weeks ago was a Steve Hofstetter show, um, and I did about a seven minute set on their show. And it worked because there were three or four panelists who were all live, and, and you could hear their feedback. And then there were a couple of other uh, comics who were waiting to go on, and they were also in and live. So you could get plenty of enough feedback to kind of know where the beats are and the timing. And I actually really enjoyed it. I was surprised how well it worked. Uh, hey, maybe that's going to be the next big thing. Yeah, well, maybe. at least for this year. Yeah, because yeah, people won't have to fly you all over, put you up in hotels. It's actually cool because sometimes you know people are in a hospital room, or they you know they're they don't go out, or they live in a place where comics don't come. It's a tiny little town, mm-hmm. or whatever. It does it does kind of put us all on an even playing scale. It's it's a pretty cool yeah. pretty cool concept. So. Uh, check it out. It's a great way to support comics can't travel, at least for the next foreseeable future. <laughs> exactly. I, I updated my website. You can go and look, and it just says home, 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 home. <laughs> That's it. We'll be at home. We'll be at home. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, so you're going to be so at enjoy what? the draft, everybody. It's the last sporting event in the history of humanity. Yeah, probably true. And the date for you on, uh, on the Nowhere Club. Oh, it's uh, Thursday, May 7th, coming up here in about uh, two and a half weeks or so. Thursday, May, two and a half weeks. It's Wednesday. It's not yeah, a half a week right. till Thursday. <laughs> three, three weeks. Let's Thank call you. it three weeks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Losing track of time being home. All right, Pally. Yeah, we'll no talk, we'll talk to you next week. You guys are great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kostaki. Kostaki Konomopoulos, yep. ladies and gentlemen. You know, I got to correct you on something. What? From the morning show this morning. What's that? You well, guys were talking about cougars, and somebody said that was women over 50. It's not. It's cougars are for 40 to 50. Anyway, over 50 are, are panthers. Oh, I didn't know that. Gray panthers. Huh. I did not they call know them gray that. panthers. Gray panther. So 40 to 50 is a cougar. Well, thank God you cleared that oh, okay, up. Because, that, no, you know. know. <laughs> well, they were like, it's women over 50. I'm like, no, it's not. Cougars are starting at 40. Oh, okay. And now, actually, a little bit younger, like 37, 38 is considered How a sexist is that? That's just saying what society deems that. What do yeah. guys get called if they're over 40? Gray old, fox. Old men. <laughs> well, or, yeah, just old. There you go. Oh, these women get called something nice. <laughs> men are just old, dirty, old, stinky dirty men old that men. have smelly sheets. <laughs> That's going to do it. See you tomorrow with the family. <laughs>